Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody, and a happy new year to you all. Welcome to another episode of Dairyland Talk. Today, our topic is the Milwaukee Brewers. My name is Mike Weatherland. Joining me is always Sam Brahman. Sam, first off, how are your holidays? How was your new year? It was great. Had a good time with my family, and had just a good time actually seeing all the rumors that were going on and all the moves that were made throughout that few weeks. Absolutely, a lot going on. Especially, I know you're in that area of the state, so it's some. It's especially it's probably pretty exciting over down in the southern part of Wisconsin as well. And the Brewers did make a, a one real big move, or big big for them comparatively. And there were a couple other signings and stuff that happened over the past couple weeks as we took a week off to get ready for the new year and celebrate the holidays. So we'll just hop right in. But of course, you can always find a lot of this stuff at DairylandExpress.com. Both of us right there as well. Uh, and we'll, we'll be bringing, covering those over the next few weeks as well. But for the big move for the Brewers, we talked about it for over a year now. Domingo Santana has officially been moved. He was traded to the Seattle Mariners for Ben Gamble, outfielder, and Noah Zavalis, a minor league pitcher from Harvard who was playing in the low minors last year. So, Sam, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts of this deal, and did the Brewers get enough for Domingo Santana? Well, we expected this to happen. It was either Domingo Santana or Keon Broxton, two guys that had no options, and it ended up being Domingo. And when it came to the return, I'm okay with it surprisingly not a lot of fans are really excited because well first the last gamble didn't turn out very well in a brewery's uniform but honestly i'm kind of excited to see ben gamble because he has one option left he has he can play all three outfield positions and it's not like he's a bad hitter he can hit to all parts of the field you look at his stats last year he kind of had a power outage but i'm pretty sure as a lefty 
being in Miller Park will help him out a lot. And I think he could be a great guy to add to the outfield depth because kind of it sucks to say, but it seems unlikely that Braun will last the whole season. So to have Gamble out there and also have Keon Broxton as well to add to Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich, I think it was a good pickup. And when it came to the prospect, I know David Stearns was looking at him during during the draft, but the Mariners ended up getting him. But they got what they wanted, and he did pretty well. He he was in the low minors, but he did a good job. He, he has, like, I think he's around the 90s with low 90s with some good off speed. And I like the move. Now we got two guys from Harvard. I was going to say, that last guy they got from Harvard, Brent Suter, turned out pretty well. We'll see if Noah Zavallis can do the same thing. And I'm in the same boat with you with with Ben with uh with Ben Gamble. I think oh, and he is the younger brother of former Brewer top prospect Matt Gamble, who battled a lot of injuries in his time in Milwaukee. I wonder if they'll give him the same number, which would be kind of funny. But right, right, left-handed hitter, good but not great defender. He's a solid all-around player, good on base guy, does all the little gritty things. He's one of those guys who you bring in and he gives you all the hustle points, all of the insane catches that look harder than they actually are but he's a guy who's going to bring a lot of edge and grit and that left and, and being a left-handed bat in the outfield is going to help a lot as well and he may end up starting down in San Antonio in AAA but I do think his his future is still pretty bright in Milwaukee I think it's a good trade as well and it never fails whenever I buy a shirt at Miller Park the guy gets traded uh, this time it'd be Domingo Santana so, of course, number 16, gone to Seattle. Seattle also made a move as well. They got uh, Kikuchi. They made a deal with him uh, from 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 Korea. So that's an interesting move as well. So Seattle kind of rebuilding, but kind of not. It's a very fascinating thing what's going on with the Mariners because I have some friends who are Mariners fans. And I don't know what to make of what the Mariners are doing, bringing in Santana, Kikuchi, and then also sending away Cano and all their a lot of their other top guys. Yes, it's interesting to see because when you look at all the guys they trade, they're like, oh, they're going to suck. But then you look at their roster and it's like, it's actually not that bad. The Kukuchi deal was kind of interesting because I just with the amount of money just going into him when I've heard he's had injury issues in the past, but still he's, I think he could do well in the majors. He's got a good fastball, great off speed. And I think he'll do well and be one of those sensations in the league, hopefully. No, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to see, so I hope he does well uh, along with you. Another thing to keep an eye on as well is some moves being made in the Midwest. Uh, Nelson Cruz officially signed with the Twins as we recorded this. He signed a a two-year contract thing with them to be the DH, replacing future Hall of Famer Joseph Maurer. Uh, other, other things also in that would hurt the Brewers is Troy Tulowitzki, a guy linked to the Brewers a lot, has, signed, has agreed to a deal with the New York Yankees for the veterans' minimum of $550,000. And we wonder if that'll change the Machado sweepstakes. It sounds like Tulowitzki is going to be set up to be... I make, it sounds like almost like a utility guy. plays short and second, so I'm interested what they'll do with that. Uh, are you upset that the Brewers didn't get Tulowitzki for the minimum? Not at all, because... I honestly don't trust Tulowitzki. He may have looked good in the showcase or whatever you call it, but I'm pretty, I just don't like trust it because he has been injured all this time. 
His hitting has gone down. He still has his defense, but he's a guy that wants to play shortstop, and I don't think he would have gotten that opportunity in Milwaukee. And also, I'm pretty sure he wanted to be on the East Coast, and he wanted to be a Yankee. So it sucks because I am not a big fan of the Yankees to see him go there, but it is what it is. And speaking of which, the, still the favorite for the Yankees is Manny Machado. So public enemy number one in Milwaukee right now, may they may not see him for quite a while, which I think is not a bad thing for most Brewers fans for their own sanity. But another uh, middle infield news for the Brewers, still waiting on the official uh, word of Corey Spangenberg signing. It sounds like they're just waiting for the physical. That was projected not to happen until after the New Year, so hopefully we'll hear news about that pretty soon. I still like the pickup of Spangenberg as a low risk, uh, a low risk, high reward option. He, he's shown to be a good, like number two hitter at his at his best. So he could be another guy to help out there. There's also talk now of still of Jed Lowry. There's talk of uh, Josh Harrison, especially by a lot of people. I wonder if I don't. Pittsburgh fans would probably be upset. Do you see uh, Jay Hay wearing a Brewer uniform, getting another number five out there to replace uh, and hopefully be better than what Jonathan Scope brought? I'd honestly be big fan of it because he's dealt with injuries but when he's healthy he's a great player and if we get maybe sign him for like a two-year deal great veteran presence versatility and i i think he'd be a good guy to play second base and even if he does get hurt you also have those backups of duban keston hira spangenberg hernan saladino you got all those guys to back him up and i think it would be it would be a low-risk, high-reward because if he does stay healthy, he'll be a big part of that team. No, I agree with you. I think if they were to bring him in, I think once Kesson Hira comes up, which could very well be this year, could end up being next year, then you can move Harrison to that utility role. And this is all if he signs. He can become the better version of Hernan Perez and make would also make Perez a little bit more expendable because then Dubon would take his spot. So I do think Harrison coming in there, and in fact, you talk about the leadership, you talk about the hustle things he does, he would immediately become the best base runner on the team. And that's the thing that people forget, you know, the under, underrated part of, of baseball is what you do on the base pass. And there was no one with a flair for the spectacular quite like Josh Harrison. Uh, he is extremely savvy, extremely intelligent, but he also is still got the wheels. He can still move around. And I have not seen anyone get out of as many pickles as he does over the years. And and plus, it would weaken a division rival in Pittsburgh if they if they don't bring him back and he goes to Milwaukee. So I, I would be all in favor of bringing in uh, Jay Hay to Milwaukee as a starting second baseman or as a utility guy down the line. Uh, the uh, other name we, t- uh, we were talking about before we started recording, and this was in a, I think he said a Bleacher Report article, was there's talk that the, or there's projections that the Brewers should trade for Xander Bogarts. And I'm trying not to laugh because I do like Xander Bogarts as a player, but he would cost a lot, and I don't see where he fits on this team with Orlando Arcia, Travis Shaw, and Keston Hero all set for the future for the Brewers. Yeah, I was very confused when I saw that because he's a shortstop, Arcia's a shortstop, and I seem like the Brewers are going to part ways with Arcia. They still have a lot of trust in them and the price would be high they would give away they would have to give away multiple multiple prospects and i just wouldn't work out they one of their big points was bringing up that 
the Brewers had one of the lowest OPSs when it came to the shortstop position. And I'm not surprised, but Arcia had a down year, and I expect him to come back this year better than ever, like what he did in the second half and during the playoffs. And it's just, it's really confusing to see that. Yeah, I think, because the talk is always if the Brewers are going to make a move, it's going to be for a pitcher. And there's still talk of Dallas Keuchel signing with the Brewers. There's always going to be the Corey Kluber talk as well as guys, someone like Trevor Bauer as well. I do think if they make a move, it would be either for Sonny Gray, or I would be interested to see if they would try and get someone like John Gray from Colorado. I think could be another buy-low candidate who could be pretty solid for the Brewers, but I don't see Xander Bogarts in in the, in the, in the works. So I guess before we uh, tackle some other news from around baseball, specifically in a town with an arch, uh, just a rundown of what happened since the season ended for the Brewers. The All the official moves from the Milwaukee Brewers website, their transactions, starting November 1st. So officially activated, Brent Suter, Jimmy Nelson from the disabled. So they are now part of the 40-man roster. Obviously, Suters will go back to the deal once the season starts. Nelson is on a, on a throwing program. He went after some people on Twitter who called him out for not posting enough of his progress, but he's been throwing for, I think, four to five hours a day. Now getting back to rehab and get, getting himself ready for the the rest of the season. Uh, in free agency, Dan Jennings, Jonathan Scope, Xavier Cedeno, Stephen Vogt all go to free agency, uh, along with Joaquin Soria, who I think signed with Oakland. He is so he is gone. Uh, they signed to minor league deals pitcher Briner Carvajal and Angel Perdomo. They uh, added to the 40-man roster Trey Supak and Troy Stokes, protecting them from Rule Five as well. That was all in November. In December, Jake Hager got invited to spring training. They signed Tuffy Ghostwitch to a minor league deal. Christian Bethacourt then went over to Korea. Uh, Dialis Garcia got to a minor league deal. The Brewers then traded for Alex Claudio, signed reliever Chris Dula to a minor league deal, and then obviously the Domingo Santana trade as well. So a lot going on with spring training just a few weeks away. I think it's 40 days to pitchers and catchers report or something like that, 45 until they report to the brand new Maryvale facilities for the Brewers and for the first time in a long time it's a it's a good time to be a Brewers fan and it's an exciting time to be a Brewers fan oh yeah I am very excited I'm gonna be down there around the 24th to the third and I'm gonna be at the first game at the newly renovated Maryvale Stadium I'm excited I'm I'm happy to see all the new guys because I didn't get to go last year when it was Yelich's and Kane's first year, but there's a lot of things to be happy about. Hopefully we'll see some new faces soon as well, and it's it's a good time to be a Brewer fan. Absolutely. A few final things I want to bring up. Uh, one is with spring training on the quarter, uh, we have the new facilities, but Fangraphs did their projections for next year and has the Brewers dead last in the Central which is, besides being laughable, is something that really kind of could be some bulletin board materials as the Brewers may get some talk of, well, they're, they are going to be underseen. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and I think it goes a long way as well. Uh, on the other side, they're, they're also be trying to bring back a lot of young guys in the rotation, moving them up. So, what are your thoughts on where do we they could uh, slot the Brewers in the central hierarchy? Because are they still the team? Are they are they the team to beat even as division champions, or is that still probably the Cubs? I still think they're the team to beat. They're still a great team. The Cubs 
I have respect for them. They they had all those wins when Bryant Bryant was hurt, and they had Darvish out. Chatwood didn't turn out. All these things were weren't going their way, and they still had a good season. But still, the Brewers are at the top. You got to take their crown away. Add more guys. They still have the same squad. They didn't really lose any key guys. And if you consider anyone a key guy, he was replaced except second base. They're still a great team, and I still think they're the team to beat in the Central. I agree with you as well. I think in you you got to be the man. You got to beat the man. And right now, the Brewers are the man. However, St. Louis has something something to say about that. Now bringing in Andrew Miller, uh, whether he'll be their closer or not, is to be seen, but. Miller to go to the Cardinals. They're still a favorite for Bryce Harper, so there's still a lot to think about with the NL Central. And I guess lastly, with the results will be announced in, I think just a, I can't remember how long it is, but the Hall of Fame voting. Is going to have a few minutes left. I figured I, I kind of want to go to you about this. Who do you think is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and who do you think should be nominated to the to Cooperstown this this July? So obviously. Uh, Mariano Rivera, he has to be in there. I'm, I think Larry Walker should be in there as well. He's great candidate. Edgar Martinez and Fred McGriff, I think they'd be great parts. And honestly, I don't know. I'm on the edge when it comes to Barry Bonds. It may sound bad, but I'm kind of on the edge with him. I used to have a deep hatred for him, but just growing up and understanding everything a little more. I don't know. I'm kind of like I could see Bonds being in the Hall of Fame soon. Yeah, and th- and this is a topic very close to my heart because I'm I'm work I'm technically working on a book with doing research for ranking players, and the Hall of Fame is a big thing for me. I I, I can't wait to ever get to Cooperstown. I agree with you. Mariano's a lock. Whether he makes it unanimously or not is still to be seen. Uh, Edgar Martinez is close to a lock with his final year. If he doesn't get in this year, he will get uh, get in on the veterans' ballots, and he will join Harold, the distinguished Harold Baines, as far as his uh, tenure into Cooperstown. Uh, Roy Halladay is pretty much a lock now as well. Doc's polling very, very highly right now. He is currently polling at 95%. Uh, Edgar's at 91%. Remote, uh, with 147 ballots revealed to... Uh, not Mr. Tibbs's tracker. Mike Lucina as well at 82%. Good to see him get a chance. And I guess lastly, I'm torn on Bonds and Clemens as well. I want Larry Walker to get in. I want Billy Wagner to get in. I think the Wagner was the most dominant closer I've seen in a long time. Todd Helton's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Same with Scott Rowland and Andrew Jones. The big one right now is that's causing a lot of controversy is Kurt Schilling. Uh, and I understand his comments and and not liking them and, and, and disagree with them hardly because I think most people do. Uh, I think both of us being two of those guys who don't agree with what he said and what he's written before. And I don't care about politics or things like that, but when you look at the body of work as a pitcher, outside of maybe someone like Clemens, Kurt Schilling was the greatest, one of the greatest pitchers of his era, and there was nobody better in the postseason than Schilling himself. So the fact that he's on the Hall of Fame by now already is to me kind of hurts because I, I think he deserves it. He's, he should be recognized for what he did in Arizona and Boston. And I think a lot of those guys, this is such a loaded class. There could be 10, 11 guys who deserve to get in that won't, and they're going to be waiting, including someone like Fred McGriff, who's going to be falling off the ballot this year. Yeah, when it comes to Kurt Schilling, the focus 
isn't on what he's done right now. It's about his playing career, and he has some of the best stats out there as a pitcher. Over 200 wins, over 3,000 strikeouts. I believe he's a World Series MVP. You can't forget about the legendary Bloody Sock. He's a great player, and he deserves to be in there. His comments, very controversial, made a bunch of people mad, but still, it's all about his playing career, and when you look at that, he's one of the top guys on that ballot. Absolutely. So I'll get off my soapbox there. I'm just going to do my quick virtual ballot. You can, and I hear yours. These are the guys I would vote for would be Rivera, Schilling, Halliday, Musina, Martinez, Helton, Larry Walker, Billy Wagner, and Andrew Jones. Those are the guys I would vote for right now. Clemens, Bonds, Roland are all right on that precipice. Same with actually with Gary Sheffield as well, but there are so many names. Also Omar Vizquel, Andy Pettit are out there, Manny Ramirez. Michael Young's gotten a few votes as well. Oh, well, uh, Berkman's out there. And Jeff Kent. There's just... It's amazing to think a lot of these guys retired five years ago already. And when you look toward 2019, how many of the names that we were, when we were growing up did that we remember seeing, oh, this guy was such a good player, he was an all-star over and over again. Someone like a Michael Young, like a Jason Bay, how good he was with Pittsburgh. It's... It's... it's it really dates yourself when you realize how long ago these guys retired and you remember how good they were when they were younger and playing. Yeah, it's very scary how how fast time flies because I remember Brewers always facing the Rockies opening day and I met Todd Helton during that time. It was just it was one of the best feelings just because I remember how good he was and I remember watching guys like Kurt Schilling. I remember watching guys like Manny Ramirez, Mariano Rivera, especially Roy Halladay. All these guys—they were so good, and it was just—it's just crazy. It's been this long. It's—it's it's scary. No, I agree, and I, and I have another—I have a memory also. A guy in the ballot, Roy Oswald. I remember watching him pitch when he was pretty young. I, I went back. I was able to go on my birthday and the day after back-to-back days when the Brewers were playing the Astros. And I watched them win by a combined score of 17-2 to in the two games. And Roy Oswalt uh, was one of the losing pitchers. I think he lost to Glendon Rush. It was that long ago. Uh, but watching Oswalt, how good he was and how good this, how good that rotation was in the bullpen with Dotel and Lidge and Wagner. And then you have Oswalt leading the rotation, Clemens and Pettit there as well. That, those Astros teams are so much fun. And like, and like I said, five years now, those guys have been out of baseball. And it's weird to think in a few years you're going to have Derek Jeter's on the ballot, I think, next year. And Chipper Jones got in, got in the Hall of Fame last year. Guys, we guys, a lot of people grew up with watching these guys sing. And it's going to be the same thing 20 years down the line when Mike Trout's going to the Hall of Fame. It's It shows how legendary and how historic baseball can be and how iconic these names become, even though you, you they kind of become out of sight, out of mind, but then you see them again and... You just get become awash with memory after memory after memory of watching these guys play this game, and it's it's something that really keeps me in awe to this day, and it's why I love baseball. For sure, these these guys are the reason that I have this love and passion for the game. Just watching guys home run, strikeout, no hitter, perfect game, all these wonderful things, and then you look back at their career, and it's just unbelievable to see what they've done and then time goes on and on and you're just thinking like how this is crazy that this happened 
like this long ago. It feels like it was just yesterday, but it's just unbelievable to see all these guys and the careers they created for the past how many years. It's just unbelievable to see, and I'm excited to see who gets in to the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, and and to think, Jess, in probably seven, eight years, we're going to see Ryan Braun in that list as well. But I could go on for hours about the Hall of Fame, and I could wax poetically about a lot of these guys forever and ever. So I'll cut myself off, and we'll wrap things up here for this week in the Preferred Dairyland Talk. So as we start to wind things down, Sam, where can people find you, and what are you writing about? They can find me at World of Wisconsin Sports on Twitter, and I did create an Instagram as well. They can follow me on that. And right now, I'm thinking about writing about something involving the starting pitchers on the market, and a lot of fans are also not very happy about how patient Stearns is going to be. So I'm kind of going to write something saying, like, guys, relax. We're still a great team. Teams are getting better, but don't forget that we're still a great team. Absolutely. You guys can find me at Mike Wendland on Twitter. Uh, now with football done, I'm turning my focus more toward baseball and hockey again. I'm still working on my long-form uh, all-time Wisconsin Badger hockey article. As far as baseball goes, I'm going to uh, think about writing on uh, just looking at the Brewers, past and present, underrated Brewers of all time, things like that. So I'm going to be working on that over the next couple weeks. I put a lot of focus in myself, so I might my, my comes out a little bit slower. I'm not as reactionary as a lot of writers as well. Also, keep keep track of Dairyland Express for Dairyland Talk all week, every week. Also, check out some of the great articles from Sam, myself, and many other great writers as well for Packers, Brewers, Badgers, and Bucks. All over that, and follow them at Dairyland Express without the E, so Express on Twitter as well. So for Sam Brown, this is Mike Wendland saying so long for Dairyland Talk. We'll talk to you next week with more Brewers Talk from the Dairyland. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.